Uh, Professor Peak, you are the director of the Emerging Technology Research Lab at Monash University. I notice in your uh, recent book, Living at the Edge of the Future, you've, you've finished the final chapter, which is called Life at the Edge, talking about emerging technologies offering hope. And you seem to be implying that that hope um, is partly due to their unfinished, unpredictable nature. Could you elaborate on that idea a bit? Yes. Um, I think that emerging technologies are an inevitable part of our future. Um, they've become an, un, un, they're an unstoppable dimension of life as it goes forward. The interesting thing about emerging technologies is that they're always seen as being pivoted to kind of go over, to take us over the edge of the future, if you like, and, and to have some kind of so-called impact in the world. Now, I want to look at that differently. Um, I want to replace the hype that's associated with that model of emerging technologies as having societal benefits and impacts because they're technologies. Um, and I instead want to, to think away from hype and to think towards hope. So rather than hype coming from above, coming from industry, coming from government, hype about the, the way in which these technologies will change people's lives and will change societies, I want to understand hope as something that actually comes from people, from society. I want to understand hope as something that actually emerges from everyday life and that can take us forward with the possibilities that technologies offer. Now, that's mm. a very different um, way of understanding the future because it involves us not thinking of the future as something stretched out before us or that could be seen or predicted. It actually understands the future as being shaped by everyday feelings and practices and ways of actually experiencing and living with technology and mm. the hope that we can embed in that. So we, we need to kind of understand the role of emerging technologies in our lives very much as becoming part of what we do and what we need and becoming trusted, not because we invest trust in a technology as an abstract thing that is separate from us, but because they are used in situations and circumstances that we trust in. And again, for me, it's absolutely essential, not only hope, Hope is a very key concept that comes from the everyday, but trust is also a concept that comes from the everyday. I don't believe that we can, that there's so much hype about um, designing technologies we can trust, but we don't trust technologies. Trust isn't something you can extract from everyday life and put in a technology. Trust is something that is always changing. It's always coming about in our everyday worlds. So we need to create technologies that can become part of trusted situations, trusted relationships. Um, that's why we need technologies to enter relationships of trust, not for technologies to be separate things from us that, that we're meant to trust to do things to us or for us. Mm, fascinating. You also talk about the importance of the process of implementation rather than the technology itself. And this, this is where I need you to explain to me what you're saying, because I, I get that you're focused on the research, on the process rather than the technology, but I, can't un, I don't understand what the implications are for a researcher going into the field. So you're going into the field, you're talking to people. Uh, what are you actually, you know, how are you exploring these concepts that you're describing? 
Yeah, look, we use, in the Emerging Technologies Lab, we, we use a whole range of different techniques. And what we really try to do is to understand what it would be like, what it would feel like to be in a possible future with an emerging technology. So rather than just study what happens to people and how people feel about things in the present moment, we're really actually trying to understand what possible futures could feel like. Because my argument is that if we can make possible futures feel right, then we're doing the right thing. Okay. If we can make we can if we can make or work towards creating possible futures where people feel hope and they feel trust, as I've described. That's what we need to aim for. So, but we don't actually know what we need to aim for because we don't know what those possible futures are going to be like. So that's why we try to simulate and co-create possible futures with research participants. Um, so we can gain an understanding of how could a, what would we need to do to make a possible future feel right? for that person um, how would the values that they have be experienced in that possible future but also of course we have to think about how we align those values to our values as researchers and also to institutional values and to values that support planetary health and planetary futures as well um, so one of the things that we've tried to do is that we've asked research participants to role play possible future technologies. Now, why do we do that? Um, we do it because we want to know what those technologies would actually be like if they had human values. I've got two examples. One is in the project- So can I, can I just clarify something there? Yes, You're saying that you get people to role play the technology. We've got two examples I'll talk you through. One is where we actually ask people to role play being a sensor technology in a park. So this activity we called if I was a sensor. And the other activity was where we asked people to role play being a, an imagined, imagined new future air filtration uh, or purification technology. So let me tell you a little bit more about how we did that. That's why in that project, we wanted to understand how the sensor technology, what the sensor technology would do, what it would be like if it really embodied the human values of the people who use the city. So we asked them questions, you know, about what data would they collect? Who would they share the data with? What other organizations would they share it with if, with, if they did at all? How they would like to make the data available to the people of the city? How they think the people of the city would use the data? Um, so opening up all of those possibilities actually enabled us to understand the data that would flow in and out of those sensors, how it could be used, but to, to moderate all of that with those real human values. And also, again, we go back to hope and trust. Um, what would it be that people would hope to be able to know from the sensors? How would they use it? How would it enable them to understand and plan for the day that they were having? Um, what interest would it have for them? Wow. I mean, there's so many questions that uh, come to mind <laughs> there, but we're just about out of time. So I just want to finish up by asking if there was one thing that you could change about the way that we produce and invent technology you know if you had the world's coders in front of you at a conference and you were able to um, instill some thought into their mind that would change the way they went about inventing or launching technology what would you say we need to we need to take everyday life as our starting point for technology design and not just everyday life we need to take diversity 
as our starting point. We need to completely decenter technology design, take it into communities, um, into the lives of, for example, we've um, a series of films have been made um, through our future automated mobilities research, which is part of the Australian Research Council Centre of Excellence for Automated Decision Making in Society. And Jenny Lee, a filmmaker who's part of our team, has made three films, two films with, with um, blind people and one with a deaf person, which really demonstrates so perfectly that if we started design with them, then we would come up with very different future designs for electric vehicles or self-driving cars or even very different kinds of designs for um, future automated transport mobility technologies. Um, we need to relocate design um, as far away from the central vision of the kind of young white man who um, who's completely free to use technologies in the way that engineers imagine to account for everybody else. So let's take um, design elsewhere. Let's engage the possibilities of design, of technology design and engineering development in all of those other places, rather than just doing it from the centre outwards. So we need so much, much more communication, um, so much more time and so much more sensitivity to the many different and diverse groups of people and individuals who are going to be using future emerging technologies. And if anyone listening to us now, Professor Pink, would like to know more about your work, where should they, where, where do you want to direct them to? So we are the Emerging Technologies Research Lab at Monash University. We have a website on the Monash um, site, so please look for us there. We're also on all the social media, so you can find Emerging Technologies Lab or Emerging Tech Lab on social media. So please watch out for us all over the place. Excellent. Thanks very much for your time today. Thank you very much.